We are. It is. uh, We'll move into the message now. We are in the sixth week of our six-week series here on hope. We kicked off our year by looking at our statement here, our vision statement, the place that God has called us to be, the things that are central to who we are at hope, what we think is important, the things that God has called us to emphasize here. And so let's, again, let's read this out loud together. Hope is a place where imperfect people belong, God moves, lives change, and love acts. Now we're going to tie those last three lines of the statement together for a moment, but we are going to focus on, uh, we are going to focus on love acts. But, but I just want to say before we get to that, that for us here at Hope, um, as we move into this next season of ministry here and what God is shaping here at Hope, what we are really keenly aware that we need to do is to move into it with prayer. Uh, And so we have been praying on Monday nights here at 6 o'clock, and we're going to continue doing that Mondays at 6. You're welcome to join us. And in those prayer times, we're asking God to show us what he's up to. Uh, We're asking him to help us recognize where he's at work, where he is moving, and how we can then partner with what he's up to around us. And this is then how love acts. We partner with what God is doing. We act out that way. And when we do that, by the way, lives are changed, aren't they? When we partner with God, love acts and lives are changed. So this week as we wrap up this series, we're going to look at love acts. Now again, this isn't just a catchy saying that our elders came up with. Love acts is something that we see all over scripture. We could spend years unpacking uh, the Bible, looking at the different stories. But I just want to touch on a couple of verses in particular. And then I want to tell some stories. And then I want to end with some real practical ways for us to engage in love acts. Okay? Okay? Okay, okay, a couple of you. Okay, good, good, good. I'll take it. Now, sometimes you see the, the John 3.16 verse. It's kind of the most familiar verse in, in all of Scripture. You know, you see, it at, you see it at football games in the end zone. Somebody holds up a sign and says, John 3.16. You ever wonder what, like, a non-believer or somebody has no idea what that is, right? They're like, John 3.16. Am I supposed to meet somebody in the bathroom on the third floor? Stall 16. Like, it's like, what? So, John 3.16. Most of us have probably heard this verse before. So, let's read this version of it out loud together that's on the screen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I love this verse. And when I was thinking about love acts, we start with God who loved us and sent his son. He loved us. He acted first. It was love that caused him, it says here, to act, to send Jesus. And the gift of Jesus allows us to enter into new life, to be born again as sons and daughters of God. And his love leads to changed lives. But it doesn't stop there, does it? Like, Jesus doesn't just, you know, save us, and that's the end of the story. We're like, yay, now we get to go to heaven when we die. Um, and by the way, I'm glad that that's a, that's a part of the deal, but, but that's not the point of the story. Um, God loves us, our lives change, and then he invites all of us to partner with him in loving the world around us because love acts. Love acts. 1 John chapter 4 says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. 
No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Like that's how people will see God, through his love in us. He loves us, he sends his son, we receive that love, and then we start to give it to those around us. And that's how God designed it and wired it. And and one of the things that happens when we're filled with his love is that it just begins to overflow. And we start to overflow with love towards the people around us. And when that happens, friends, lives change. And we heard some great stories last Sunday if you were here wasn't that fun, the lives change stories? Wasn't that great? That was so awesome. I was, I was just, and so we're going to start doing that regularly here. And in a few weeks, we're going to have Matt and Bree Kuyper, we're going to have their tell more of their story of life changed. Um, but I just, if you heard Bree speak at Easter, I was a couple years ago, maybe you've heard Bree talk about that, uh, of how she and Matt, they both come from family backgrounds, uh, different backgrounds than each other. But still, there was enough uh, dysfunction, and in what they grew up with, uh, there was uh, some uh, things that just led them into a life, and I'll let them tell their story. But once they went to treatment, um, and that's actually where they met, and Bree says, you know, they don't advise that people, you know, meet their future spouse in treatment, so, you know, there's that. That's probably a good idea. Um, but they, they met there, and God changed their lives, both of them. And when they left, so their lives were changed, and they didn't just keep it to themselves, uh, God compelled them, filled them with love, and caused them to want to do something to act out of love. And so we're just going to show a little part of that part of the story here on the video. Four years, I think, before we decided... God started putting it on our heart for a while to do something for women in recovery. And I, and it, he had put it on my heart, even when I was at the ranch, to do something working with, with women. And so it wasn't just get myself all taken care of and healthy and live a happy little life. You wanted more, more, more than that. You wanted to... What? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had struggled for so many years and there was a good part of my life where I really thought that I was just my destiny was to be like a a drug addict that just eventually dies and is hopeless I really did think that I was hopeless and so that's a horrible feeling and I know how many people go through treatment and never get introduced to the Lord and they think that there's something wrong with them and they're hopeless and so I really had a desperate desire to give other people the experience that I got because when I was at the ranch, I felt safe for the first time in over a decade. I just didn't feel safe because of the life I was living. And nobody had really told me about Jesus when I was going to get clean all those other times. And maybe I wouldn't have been ready to hear about it even if they did. I don't know. But I just wanted people to be able to have that chance that I had. And so We would talk about it here and there, and we both agreed that it would be a great idea, but it was kind of like one of those things like, oh, that's the kind of thing other people do. You know, not not a couple of people that just met in rehab, you know, a couple of recovering Mm -hmm. (laughs) drug addicts, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, it was just, that's, that's kind of where it went. And then after time, I had, it just became more possible and God just kept making it more and more possible. And so what happened was I was working with, um, someone, 
whose wife ran a drug and alcohol treatment center. And she told me that if we were to open up a recovery home, that she would send women to us. And that was really what we needed to just have the courage to take the leap of faith. And so we talked about it and we just said, let's do this. Let's, let's do it. And so, and it, it was awesome. So we, every time Matt would get paid, we would take, Oh, we would take money and then we would buy something off of Craigslist. And then we had this big extra room in the house we were living in and we would put a piece of furniture in and we just bought stuff every week. And then, um, so we would just, yeah, we would just buy nightstands one weekend and we'd buy dressers the next weekend. And we actually, we cleared out our savings account doing that too. <laughs> and then, um, we rented a house and, um, it was, it was crazy because it was like, well, we had a mortgage that we had to pay. And then we also had a rental payment. And so it was like, we, and there was no, there wasn't going to be any money to cover the bills on, on either one of the houses. And so it was like, okay, it's moving day. <laughs> and we moved and then opened up the house and just God took care of all of the rest. We were never, we were never without money. Both of the houses ran perfectly fine. I found out I was pregnant after, right after we decided we were going to open the Hope Home. And I thought, oh man, Matt's not going to let it. And then, and then he said, well, we better get rocking on that house. <laughs> He's so awesome. <laughs> it was great. And so, um, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. That is awesome. You guys love that. Such a beautiful example how the love of God came, their lives were changed, and they couldn't help but, 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 but act on it. Like this act of love wasn't about feeling guilty. It's not about trying to pay God back or earn his favor. See, they and we don't act out of love because we are obligated or because we owe God something. No, no, the way Jesus wants it to work for all of us is this. We receive his love, we get filled with the love and grace of God, and it can't help but overflow, like it spills out on everyone around us. This kind of love can't help but splash on others. And it doesn't happen because we feel guilty or we're trying to pay God back like a hired servant. No, it's an overflow. Right? He gives us his love. We don't hoard it. We don't try to contain it or bottle it up or save it for later. We get to give it away because love acts, doesn't it? You know, you know love acts, it's, just, it's a powerful truth because it reminds us that love isn't just like a flowery, mushy, feel-good sentiment. Love isn't just about saying words. No, love looks like something. In the Kuiper story, they were so grateful for what Jesus did for them that the whole God moves, lives change turned into love acts. Their gratitude caused them to respond by helping others who were caught in cycles of addiction and dysfunction and abuse. It helped them to help others get free. Or think of somebody like Carol Greenlaw here. Her, her story was full of pain and violence, but once God began to change her life, she turned around and now helps others who struggle with homelessness and addiction and bad relationships. See, love acts, friends. And love acts through beautiful people like our, like our own Yvonne Devon, who was up here earlier. And her story, which she has told and written about, is heartbreaking. But, but as she was more and more freed and healed, she began helping people who had been abused. And so she now leads Ava, 
advocacy for victims of abuse. And she leads that ministry not just here at Hope, but in the entire covenant denomination. Love acts through our very own Anna Rittenhouse, who leads the addict's mom. Her story and struggle led her to help others who suffered through the pain of having children who are addicted. Love acts through Mark Sullivan, who shared a bit of his story last week on the video. Abuse, dysfunction, addiction, homelessness. But Mark now walks in humility with others now as a sponsor, a friend, a brother. Love acts. And you know, what's your story? Where did God move in your story? Where was your life changed? Because sometimes when we wonder what we're supposed to do about this, it really helps to to focus and land on where God impacted your life. That gives us then a laser focus on a specific way to demonstrate how love acts to others. And by the way, in that our pain is not wasted. Um, or maybe you didn't have a story that is difficult or, or, or the kind of testimonies that we've been hearing. Maybe you grew up in church. Like I think of those of us that, that don't have dramatic conversion testimonies, so then think of it this way. What set the course of your life in a good way? Like where someone else's act of love, their investment in you made a difference in where you are today. Did anybody here go to church when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, children's ministry maybe was way different when you grew up back then than how we do it today. But, but when we grew up in that, some of us can look back and see that that's where your life was set the course for your at now, where you're at now. You, you can look and see how that experience shaped and formed you. And out of gratitude, if you look back and see that in your story, it would make complete sense for you to pray about serving our kids here now. And by the way, yes, they are our kids, right? Even us empty nesters, these are our kids here at Hope. And we're still needing 10 folks to serve just one time a month, just once a month, we need 10 more folks to do that. I mean, think about that. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be something out of gratitude for what God did in your life as a kid if you were compelled and moved and said, you know what, I want to bless our parents and kids the same way that helped set my life the direction it went. Or maybe you weren't a part of a kid's ministry like that, but you see, wow, how that could have made a huge difference in your life. Maybe out of that, you will act and invest in that way. Same for our student ministry. Some of us grew up with great youth pastors. I had a great youth pastor that helped set the course and ministry of where I'm at today. And so out of the story of what God did in our lives, we can look at that out of gratitude and go, you know what, I want to invest back the same way someone invested in me. But I don't want to turn this into a commercial for church stuff, as important as those two areas are here at Hope, because... We, the people of God, are called to love and serve and bless the world out there, right? See, love acts, it's something that, yes, we do in here, but it has to be the thing that we are known for out there, outside these walls. Jesus tells us, his followers in Matthew chapter 5, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a, light, a light, light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, he says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
Jesus is saying that the world would see through our lives how love acts and that it would then draw them to wonder about this great big God that we serve, to wonder about this Jesus that we follow. So again, we don't do this stuff out of duty, out of obligation, but out of grateful hearts that just can't help but extend his love to the world. And that's how we do it, through acts of love. Not by, not by shouting loud, not by protesting, not by cornering people and pressuring the, them to say a prayer, not by demanding that everyone else agree with our beliefs. No, no, we do it by um, showing and doing our acts of love, our good deeds. And I'm here to tell you, friends, when the people of God seek to love and serve and bless the world around us, when love acts, then God does move. And lives change. Now, before I came here to Hope this summer, uh, I spent nearly two years working for an organization called Reconciled World. And we primarily worked in countries in Southeast Asia and a little bit in Africa as well. Mostly, up until now, it's been closed countries where communist governments and they just are not going to let Westerners in. Um, and so our training born out of necessity because we couldn't go in and go, hey, you need a hospital and you need a school and we can't come and give you stuff and build stuff, which, by the way, there's some question about that working long term, but uh, we won't get into that right now. But, but what we were compelled to do was to train the Christians that were already there. And a lot of times they were just small groups of Christians um, and we were just training them and part of the training, the, probably the most important part, we didn't realize at the time, but it turned out to be the most important part was to train them to do what we called acts of love. So interesting here at Hope, we have love acts, right? A reconciled world, we called it acts of love. And we, we, we taught them about just loving and serving people. No strings attached, just let your light shine, let the love of God flow through you. So these church leaders, they go back to their, their people and say, hey, let's find ways to do acts of love in our village. And that's where the fun begins. Uh, these are mostly, almost all, impoverished places without a lot of resources. So again, our training emphasizes, hey, just start small. We tell them, just do little things like pick up garbage, maybe help you know, clean up a public area or go help out a widow, you know, that kind of thing, simple things that anybody can do. Uh, Steve Shogrin calls it uh, small things done with great love. And so that's what they did, small things done with great love. Well, in, in one village in Vietnam, at one point, they decided to go big. Like the church decided that they wanted to build stable homes for everybody in the community. So they surveyed their village and decided there were 35 houses that were about to fall down and needed major repair uh, or people without really a good shelter at all. So then the church members in this tiny little church worked together to collect the resources. They gave all they could. They gave sacrificially. And then they did the work. And they were able to finish 17 of the 35 homes. Not bad, right? That's not bad at all. However, after completing the 17th house, they realized they were out of money. They had no more resources to rebuild the remaining 18 houses. Now, this is where maybe our Western worldview would go, hey, my goodness, you guys did so great. Way to go. That's 17. That's awesome. And it is. They weren't content with that. Also, in the West, we might go, hey, you know, they did a great job. Let's go try to raise some money for them to build the rest of those houses. 
It's a way to do that. But we strongly believed and taught, hey, if God has given you the heart to do something, he will provide the resources. That actually teaches them to rely on God rather than to turn to outsiders to try to, you know, get more stuff to pull things off. So rather than becoming discouraged that they could only do 17 houses and, and give up on it, they decided that they were going to fast and they were going to do an all-night prayer meeting to ask God to help them finish this project. So they fasted all night and prayed, or they fasted and then they did a fasting and prayer all night deal. And then the next morning as they left the church, this is a remote area, these large trucks that were filled with building materials, they were in a very out of the way place. There's no way this could have been an accident, right? They start pulling outside the church and there's a space next to the church and they start dumping their loads. So the church members were all confused, and they rush out and tell the drivers, hey, listen, you've got the wrong address. Nobody's ordered anything here. We don't have any money to pay for this stuff. And then the truck drivers responded, hey, these materials are your responsibility now, and we don't want them, and so it's your deal. If you don't want them, you're going to have to move them. And as they continued to talk, the truck drivers revealed that this material was from a surplus area. It was from a warehouse, a government warehouse, and there were new supplies coming in, and their bosses had told them, hey, you've got to take this stuff and just get rid of it because we've got new stuff coming in. So these materials were just being dumped. They were free. <laughs> free. Just happened to dump them outside the church. <laughs> and the church leaders asked them, well, why are you dumping them here? The drivers didn't really know how to respond. They said, well, you know, we were driving for a long time, for hours. We've been driving at night and turning left and right and left and right. We're tired of driving. We're dumping them here. It's your problem now. <laughs> right? These materials miraculously turned out to be enough to finish the rest of the houses in this village. I mean, love acted, and then God moved. Like, he showed up in a way that was completely miraculous. For almost two years, my job, a big part of my job was to tell stories like that and others about how God was moving, um, ways that we were seeing these little churches, the impoverished churches, they simply obeyed what God called them to do, and God called them to do these acts of love in their villages, and over a thousand of those villages in Vietnam alone have completely come out of poverty through the church simply doing acts of love. Nobody's pouring in resources. The church is doing acts of love, and it is exploding, and lives are changing. It's amazing. In some of these villages where there was only a handful of believers for decades and decades, now 70, 80, and 90% of these villages have become followers of Jesus. And so it was an amazing job. I got to tell the, you know, what God is doing through his people over there, and it was an honor for me to, to be here uh, telling about all the amazing things happening through the church over there. But it wasn't long before telling all these stories started to stir something in my heart. Something that, that maybe had gotten shut down and maybe gone underground a bit when I stepped out of ministry about seven years ago to try to save my family. I ended up going through divorce, but I laid down most of my hopes of being called back into some kind of church ministry again, and, and that was okay. But what started to stir in my heart as I told these stories over and over was this. God, I would pray, God, will you do this here? I mean, God, I'm grateful for what you're doing over there. 
And by the way, it's both, right? Jesus, if we're followers of Jesus, we care about what's happening here and what's happening there. It's a both and deal. But I would pray, God, I'm grateful for what you're doing over there. But will you begin to do those things here? Will you, God, show up in supernatural ways where you move, God, where love acts and people start coming to life in Jesus? And it's not happening because our, our church is the biggest or slickest or has the best sound system or light show, not because we got really good at catchy sayings and advertising and marketing, not because we offered the best programs and options in town, not because our building was the coolest one in the valley, but, but, but God, would you show up by the power of your Holy Spirit as a group of your followers here in a church begin to impact our city with acts of love? Would you do that, God, in a church over here that I can be a part of? And pretty soon he made it really clear that he was calling me to do something about that desire. And instead of giving my life's energy to telling stories of what God is doing through his people over there, I said yes. And again, was open to give my life to be a part of what he's doing through his church right here. And that is my heart and passion. And that is why I'm back in ministry in a local church. Because my brothers and sisters, lives will change, God will move, when love acts. Now we have three big ideas here to close the message on here. Uh, these are real practical ways for love to act, for us to be the church. And the first of the three big ideas, and we could have had like 50. I'm going to keep it simple here for now. The first is <clears throat> love acts, so act globally, or sorry, locally. Act locally. Be the church. So on Saturday, we were going to do this in a couple weeks, but calendar stuff kept, kept pushing it back. So you've got six weeks here to clear Saturday, March 24th, 8 in the morning. We're going to start, tell, we're not sure. We'll probably come back and have lunch together. But Kelly White is compiling um, some different skills. She wants you to all sign up with the different kinds of things you can do. Maybe you're willing to sit at a table and pack supplies for homeless people. Maybe you can do some work in the yard. Maybe you can repaint. Maybe you can do something, a need that needs to be met. But instead of us going out in the past, I know we've done this, and we've gone out and found things to jump into, we said, you know what? And this was, Kelly had a great idea. She said, let's start with the people right here at Hope. Like, what do you notice in your neighborhood, in the area that you live in? Like, maybe on your block even. Do you see a home where there's an elderly person or a single mom or single dad that just can't keep up? Maybe somebody's going to get a code violation. They need something painted or cleaned up. Can you pay attention to what's right around you and bring those things to Kelly so we can put them on our list and see what God brings us to knock out? And by the way, we want you to do the legwork on this. So don't, don't go to Kelly and go, hey, you should look at this. And well, no, 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 don't do that. She's going to have her hands full. So you do the legwork on it. This is something that hope we are going to do together. And you can contact Kelly. Her number will be in the email that goes out weekly. It's up here on the screen right now. We'll put it in the bulletin next week. We've got six weeks to go on this. But we're going to go out and love and serve right here, right here in our area. So, and we want you to help generate those ideas. All right, second Love acts big idea. So love acts big idea. Number two is for us to act cross-culturally. And we've got three things we're going to talk about. The first one here, part of living in Arizona, it's really nice. It doesn't take long to get, you know, international 
you know, missions. You can go to Mexico in, in a few hours here. And so Gary Boydston, who's actually out doing a bike ride to raise money for one mission today, uh, he's leading the one mission house build trip down in Rocky Point. The dates are on the screen. We're going to get you more information on that soon. Um, also, we are working this year on refining our global mission strategy. Um, but in the meantime, you know, one of the great things about having refugees from around the globe coming to here to the U.S. is that God is bringing the nations to us. Like some of them are coming from places where they would have never had an opportunity to hear about this Jesus who loves them or to meet a Christian. So yes, we do need to go there. But aside from, you know, a missions trip every year or two, we, we can love the refugees and the immigrants who are coming here. You know, and a lot of times there's kind of this nonsense fear. And by the way, fear is... <laughs> based on nonsense, um, there's a lot of this fear. Um, people are afraid of refugees, and particularly Muslims. But, you know, say what you want on the news, on the talk radio, and the fine, but as the people of God, as Christians, let me ask just those of you who are followers of Jesus, what if we really believed in Jesus? Like, what if we really believed in what Jesus taught and what he lived? That the power of acts of love really had, really had the power to change the world. What if we really believed that? And, and what if people like you and me, maybe some of us that are a little nervous around foreigners or, or even Muslims, what if we instead found ways to show kindness and love to them? I mean, can you imagine being a refugee, somebody from a different background or even no religious background that comes here to the United States and they're nervous, right? They've never been here before. You know, in their mind, what they know is what they've seen on TV that America looks like. So they've got images, you know, a whole places like, you know, Baywatch or uh, Knight Rider. I don't know what the other big shows everywhere are, but, um, and the other thing, they, what, what's the other one? Days of our lives, yeah, that's what they think in the United States. Um, so they show up here real nervous. They know what TV looks like. They also know from the news that lots of Americans and maybe even some Christians don't want them here. But what if the first thing that happens when they get off the plane is they meet Christians who surprise them by wel welcoming them? Like, do we have enough trust in what Jesus teaches us to believe that that would actually make a difference? That acts of love and kindness could bring hope, could tear down walls of fear. And so here's two ways to engage in love acts cross-culturally. The first one, February 18th, so that's next Sunday, right after our one service, so 11 o'clock. Stacy, Shelley, and my wife Heidi are going to host a refugee meeting right in here. Um, and it'll be about taking the next steps, how we can engage refugees. So if you're just curious... You won't be committed to anything there. If you just want to know what this looks like, come on and be here for that next Sunday. And the other way is Brittany White is collecting diapers for new moms who have come here to Phoenix as refugees. So you can bring diapers for the rest of February. So I guess that just gives us two more Sundays. But there's a diaper drive, and so you can bring those diapers here to Hope. We'll have a place for them to go out there. Those are just two simple ways, including the trip, I guess. That we got three simple ways for you to act cross-culturally with different levels of engagement. Now, the third... Love Act's big idea is this, um, act, you act this week. 
And what we mean by this is simply just pay attention to what you see, what you run into as you go about your life. Because while Jesus did call us to go to all the world, we don't have to wait till we're somewhere else for love to act. In fact, you don't have to go anywhere to do, you know, kingdom ministry because your ministry is your life, wherever it is that you happen to be living your life. So the most natural, the most effective way for people like you and I to go out and make a difference is for love to act and make an impact for what Jesus said, let your light shine. The simplest way to do that is, is to let your light shine in all the people that you run into. They'll start to see that God is good because they start to see that through us. Jesus said, let your light shine before men and women that they might see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus is saying, let your light shine out there where people can see it, where they can see the kindness of your life, of love acting through you. And when they see that, Jesus says they're going to start noticing that God is real through the way that you love and serve and give. And I'm not saying we never use words but, but it's interesting to me that Jesus doesn't say, go out there and start preaching sermons on the corner and yelling at those dirty, rotten sinners. <laughs> no, Jesus says, cultivate a heart for the people around you. Go out and start living a life that's hard not to notice, full of the love and grace of God. And friends, this is the kind of community that we want to be known as here at Hope. That's the kind of impact that we want to have, where our impact isn't primarily the physical church building here, but our impact primarily takes place out there where people live and work and laugh and play. As we go out there, I just want you to notice, you know, this week in your everyday life, at your everyday job, in your everyday relationships, just notice and even ask Jesus, how can I display love? moment by moment as I go about my day. Ryan, will you and the team come for our closing song? We want you to ask Jesus, how can I display love to, to my spouse, to my kids, at my job, with my co-work, co-workers, with the, with the person in the drive-thru, with the cashier at the store? What does love look like right now? So two things here. This closing song, it's a prayer. So, so I want you to, to pay attention to these words and, and let it become your prayer. And the second thing I want you to do, will everybody reach into the card seat back pocket in front of you and grab one of these connect cards? No, go ahead. Everybody go ahead and pull one out. We're trying to get rid of them because it says two services. We're moving to one. So right, go ahead and pull those out. Um, and what I want you to do is to fill out the top with your information. Maybe if, we're, if you're already in the, uh, our database, just put your name and phone and email. Um, but, but right in there, which of these areas that you want to know more about and somebody can contact you? And if you want to be a part of the, the Be the Church Day in March, Kelly's going to be out there with a place that you can sign up right away and check off the stuff that you're willing to, to do and be a part of. But any, you can put that in here, but also put down some of the other things, the other options we talked about or ways to serve here at church that you want to know more about. You're willing to act out of love in those 
arenas. And what, what, I, what we're going to ask you to do when you leave is to drop these at the cross in the back. There's a basket. And to symbolically just lay this in that basket as a way of, of being willing for your love to act out of grateful hearts for what Jesus has done in your life. So, Father, thank you. You're good that you love us, that you have filled us with your love. Let this song now be our prayer.